This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Michael, we've got a question here about just the normal duties of life. He said duty. Duties. Duties. (laughs) (laughs) And so here's our question. Are we to focus on God's happiness or God's glory when we are carrying out the task that we are called to do? It's a trick question. I think it's a trick question too, because it's like, is the sky up or is the sky nice? Depends. It depends. <laughs> it depends. Yep. So let's let's define our terms. Um, God's glory is a really, really elusive term for most Christians. Like we want to give God glory. Yeah. What does that mean? So glory is, it depends what we're talking about, but God's glory refers to a couple of things. Number one, God's glory is the eminence and radiance, the majesty that flows out of him. So when you think mm-hmm. about a king and all of his splendor and his glory, it's, it's, in his, glory, it's yeah. his robe and his crown and the opulence and the pomp and the circumstance. Those are all the glory, like glory and majesty kind of are similar. Yeah. For God, he dwells in inapproachable light. So if you, if you literally were to walk up to God, his glory would crush you to pieces mm-hmm. because it's yes. so profound. Right, you walk up to a king and you're like intimidated by all the big palace and all the gold and all of his mm-hmm. authority. If you walk near God, he dwells in inapproachable, glorious light. It's called the Shekinah glory. It's this emanating, powerful presence that exudes out of the very nature and character of God. It is more powerful than anything any human could possibly understand. So that when Moses wants to see his glory, like I imagine God's like, (laughs) you don't know what you're asking for. I'll let you see my back, which is like almost like his way of saying, uh, I'm going to let you stare at my glory Mm -hmm. from like a million miles away. And even then it'll still blind you. um, But like, it won't kill you kind of thing. So um, there's that aspect of God's glory. Then when we say, I want to give God glory. Well, I can't give God more glory than more glory than he already has. In the sense of, I can't make more awesomeness emanate from him, okay? What I can do is is give God glory in the sense of fame or mm-hmm. honor, uh, applause respect. or honor. I can, so for example, um, if your kid wins uh, a competition uh, or the Olympics, you put them on a stand and you give them glory mm-hmm. or applause or fame and you lift them high and you say, look. So when you give someone glory, you're drawing attention to them so, uh, if I want to focus on God's glory, I can focus on giving him more attention, um, that I do things in a way that make people say, look at God. That would be one way to give God glory, uh, or in church, um, Hey God, we're going to glorify God, which means we're going to make much mm-hmm. of him. Right. So I can bring God glory by drawing people, drawing people's attention to him. Or I, let's say I get the Olympian on the stand. I sit at his feet and say, you are awesome. That's how I give him <laughs> yes. glory. I'm giving him praise or accolades. You're amazing. You're so strong, right? Every time you give an amazing sermon and somebody says, great job, they're giving you glory, glory. in a sense. In a you sense, know? yes. Now, that's glory. Happiness is happiness. Yeah. God, we're made in his image. We experience emotions and things like that because we're like him in that sense. So God has sadness and grief and happiness mm-hmm. and anger and wrath and holy, all these other things and love and all these human experiences. And so we want to make God happy, happy. not because he's a, a tyrant, but in the same way that my son wants me to be happy right. with him. Yes. There's something that's why God is a father, not a tyrant. Right? So we are wired as kids to 
be so happy when we make our heavenly father happy. My kid is so happy when he makes me happy. When I go up to X and I say, dude, that makes me so happy. The yes. kid lights up because children are designed by God to experience great joy when they make their dad happy. That's right. So Christians are designed to experience great joy when we make our Heavenly Father happy. Very simple analogy that makes sense of this. To the question. <laughs> what you're saying there, and let me just jump in here, is exactly what Jesus was portraying in John 14, 23, where Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. It brings Jesus, it brings God great glory when we obey him, when Absolutely. we do his commandments, when we follow the instructions of his word. Yep. Silly analogy. Okay. I tell my daughter, clean your bedroom. I don't want to clean my bedroom. You know. mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, she goes in, she cleans her bedroom, does an awesome job. I come in and I say, girl, wow, you did amazing, job. right? And now she is like, yes, my dad takes pleasure in what I've done. Yes. Another analogy. I go to my son. My son's a slob. <laughs> and every time we go into his room, I mean, we clean his room, he would just make a total sty of it, right? So the girls, because he could never clean his room. So whenever the girls got in trouble, I had them clean his room. Ooh, okay. <laughs> but then something funny happened. Uh, it happened around four and a half years old. It was a couple months ago, okay? Uh, we tell him to clean his room. And he's like, I can't do it. So I go clean it with him. Mm -hmm. and, That's the thing to do. And so I show him all the toys he's lost because he didn't keep his room clean, all the stuff. And uh, this story's worth it. So so he, we clean the room together. And I look at him and I say, bro, like, why do you think I want you to clean your room? And he's like, well, you know, they lose stuff. And, and I said, yeah, when, you're, when your room's a mess, you break stuff, you lose stuff, you're not able to care for it, you have all these toys, you don't have whatever. So he gets in his heart. He sees how happy it makes me when his room is clean. And he also sees how happy it makes him. Right. But the first time, the whole time I'm like, clean your room, man, keep it clean. He's like, no, I don't want to, whatever. So now his room, every night before he goes to bed, he cleans everything in his room. Mm -hmm. And okay. at first he did it because it just made me happy. But then he realized what made me happy is made, it actually yeah. makes, makes him, him happy. happy. And so at first there's this process where he had to do it because he was told. And now my oldest daughter, right? She keeps her room almost always pretty clean because not now it doesn't just make me happy, but now she knows where all of her things are. She's, she's like able to enjoy all of her stuff. And it's this principle that a good dad gives laws and rules that are for the best and ultimate joy right. of their people. Yes. And so when God gives us a rule, God never gives rules because he's bored. He never gives rules because he's like, I want to make our life Yeah, because he's a tyrant. No, he, he doesn't He always do that. gives rules because when the things he's telling us to do will bring us ultimate joy. Right. And they are ultimately yeah. in our best interest. Totally. Don't murder somebody. Why? It'll ruin your life. Don't yeah. steal. Why? It'll ruin your life. Don't commit adultery. Why? It'll ruin your life. But then there are these like subtle, more subtle things like... For example, my children could not draw a straight line from how does a clean room make my life better? Mm -hmm. Well, they once they did it, they were like, oh, and now when they see other people's rooms that aren't clean, they're like, how do you do that? Right? Because they know the benefit of being on the other side. And this is why we say like, preserve your sexuality for marriage and people who aren't in it, right? They don't understand, they don't what, understand what the benefit, the benefit is. is. But when you actually wait and you preserve that and you give it to only one person in a monogamous marriage, right? You're like, oh, well, yeah, I'm glad is, I did yeah. that, you know? And and so God isn't arbitrary. He's like, no, I'm giving you this stuff because it actually brings you ultimate joy. So to the question, again, are we to focus on God's happiness or God's glory 
when we're carrying out the tasks we are called to do. Yes. Yes. Let's do both. I would say when you do stuff, make God look good. And when you make God look good, God gets happy. Right. But when God's happy, it's because you're doing things that are for your good. Yes. So everybody wins. When God's happy, everyone wins. Mm -hmm. When you're happy and God's not happy, everybody loses. (laughs) It gets pretty bad. Right? So like, you're like, but God, I like this. And God's like, no, I don't like that. Lose, lose. Right? The reason God doesn't like it is because even though it makes you feel good now, it's going to destroy you later. It's like cocaine. It might make you feel good now, but it's going to ruin you later. Right? Mm -hmm. As we have heard recently. So, uh, but that's kind of the point. When God's happy, everyone's happy. It's the same way with adults. Even the most meaningless task of cooking dinner, washing the clothes, cutting the grass at your house, going to work on time, you know, making sure that you give an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. When you're doing these tasks, which are tasks that in some way people, even Christians would say, well, there's nothing spiritual about this. There's no inherent spiritual value. There's no way that, you know, picking up my children's clothes or doing the laundry or cutting the grass brings God glory. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It most certainly can because what it's doing is you are you you are providing for your family. You are doing what is responsible for your for your employer. You're doing the things that God would expect you to do as a as a normal human being with responsibility. And when you do these things, as as Paul said in in uh, Colossians. Whether we do great things or little things, do them all to the glory of God. Yep. You do them in a way that makes him look better. Yeah. And when you do them to the glory of God, he's basically just saying, when God is happier with these things and you're making him look better, like literally, I do them in the way he says to do them, which is how you bring God the most glory. And then it makes me happy. Yes. I love he says, whether you eat or whether you drink. And he's like, I think he's talking about like wine there, whether you're drinking <laughs> or they're eating, you do it to the glory of God, which is really funny. And then John Piper did a sermon called drinking orange juice to the glory of God. It was a great <laughs> sermon title. It was off of that text. I remember what he said. I just remember the title. And I remember thinking every time I drink coffee or orange juice, I'm going to do this to the glory of God. To the glory of God. And I do that with a heart of gratitude. Gratitude. And I do it in a way that doesn't disobey him. So I don't steal someone else's orange juice and then drink yes. that to the glory of God. I go to work and have my own whatever or I receive it as a gift and that's how you do it to the glory of God you do it with gratitude well hopefully we made sense listeners that's a fun question I loved it why am I getting so like animated recently (laughs) could be all the coffee I just had well listeners please come back next time when we answer another question and the question will be how does God give us affirmation when we do what is good for his kingdom Every time I drink coffee or orange juice, I'm going to do this to the glory of God.